world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I had one of those late nights last night. Michelle and I uh, had the opportunity to go up speak to a group of, uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't like the term Patriots anymore. I don't, li- I don't like that term. I mean, they are Patriots, but uh, I think I shared on the show a couple weeks ago that uh, that has taken on a negative connotation in the minds of many, uh, many Americans, many uh, unawake Americans. They hear Patriot. They, they, tie, they tie the term Patriot to January 6th uprising. They tie Patriot to anti-government. They tie Patriot to, you understand what's going on. And uh, we have to be, be careful because we, we knowingly adopt those words and use those words. And as we use those words, we actually feed into what they're trying to plant in the mind of others. As, as Chad says, does that make sense? You guys un- yeah, have to understand, we have to be very, very careful with our uh, vernacular with the words that we, with with the language because the language man language is everything go ahead go ahead is that Brett go ahead yeah good morning coach good morning team uh, it, who's changing the meetings though uh, are we to go along with that narrative no no I get no, question uh, no I'm, I'm with you but here's all I'm saying is it is happening friends it is happening. And what's going on in, in the world today is if you hear somebody mention Patriot, I'm going to tell you, in probably the minds of at least 50% of the people, that isn't a good thing. It isn't a good thing. Now, it's a good thing to us, by the way. Same thing with Christian, right? Christian in the minds of half of, half of the world, that's not a very good thing. Somebody calls themselves a Christian, right? Now, we know this, that those two are interlocked. Christian and Patriot are inter- interlocked. You shouldn't have to call yourself a Christian Patriot. Or a patriotic Christian shouldn't have to. Those are they're in a, interlocked. But I just think we have to. I just I'm, hey, Brett, I get what you're saying, but we got to be careful. We got to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove as we fight this fight, this spiritual war. So we had this we had this meeting last night with a lot of great uh, some uh, Christian Americans, and uh, I was struck again. Boy, right, full flooded in the face. We're old, man. We're old. Our groups are old. And those of us who consider ourselves on the front line fighting in this war, whatever this cultural war is, if we look around, boy, do we need some young blood. We have to begin to purposefully go after some young blood. Now, we know that it's just supposed to be in our families. You train up your children. You take your children with you. That's one of the things I admire so much about Pastor Dale Sosha, about Pastor uh, uh, Rusty Thomas. I can, I can run down a litany of people who, when they go to the streets, when they go do ministry, they take their children with them. It's the only way the children will be trained in the ways of, of the warfare. That's the only way to do it. And you think about what we have going on in most Christian churches today. Think of the foolishness that we have going on in Christian youth groups in American churches. Think of it. Just think of the foolishness that's going on. And we're, we're going to try to pass the torch. We're going to try to, as JFK said in 19, uh, when was he elected? 1961, this, his inaugural address. Torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. We're, we're passing the torch. Right now, we are passing the torch to a new generation of Americans. And we don't even get it. We don't understand the significance of teaching our children and our grandchildren the values that have somehow, some way, were passed on to us. We send them to public schools where those, where those uh, values are uh, tread upon. We teach them. We send them in youth groups where they don't even talk of teach those values anymore. We t- we send them into into. I want to use the term youth groups again, 
where we teach them a message that it's all about love and it's not about war and that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're loving against flesh and blood. We're embracing. We're, we're, we're uh, accepting. We're accepting the works of darkness all around us. And the word says to have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. I had a guy say to me last night, ask a question last night. Coach, what's the one thing that we should do? What's the one thing that we need to do? And it came right out of me without any hesitation from the Holy Spirit because when he was, as he was asking a question, I'm thinking, wow, this is a great question. And as he finishes the question, I open my mouth. The Bible says you shall open your mouth that the Lord will give you the words. He will give you shall be brought forth before governors and kings as a testimony against them. And think not what you shall say, for it shall be given unto you that same hour what you shall say, for it's not you that speaks, but your father that speaks through you. And so I said, well, the number one thing that we need to do is have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Amen. Boom. There, there, there is job one for American Christians. First of all, reject all evil. Don't have anything to do with it. And number two, expose it to the world. And I, I think of, I was listening to those folks last night, good God-fearing people, and every one of them, the same thing. They all said the same thing. Their pastors won't talk about it. Their pastors won't do what has to be done. There is no pastoral leadership. Now, what do we do? The last thing I want to be known as is as a pastor basher. That's the last thing I want to do. But, hey, dude, if, the, if, if it stinks, it stinks. If it is, it is. If my air conditioning is out, it's my air conditioning, right? And we have no Christian leadership at all, none. Now, God bless the, uh, the, uh, the chicks. Tonight are trying to pull together pastors. Can I ask you something? Why do the resistance chicks have to pull together pastors? Aren't there any pastors smart enough to see what's going on and pull a group together themselves? But if they do have pastoral, uh, uh, ministerial, local ministerial groups, are they getting together and are they figuring out how to take on these forces of darknesses that are ravaging the community? Or are they simply turning into prayer gatherings? And I don't have any problem with prayer gatherings, but prayer empowers action. Do they ever call a play, pray about it, and go do something about it? And the answer is no. And our children are being eaten alive in the government schools. Our children are being eaten alive by entertainment. Our children are being eaten alive by every aspect of the world. And we don't seem to care. That's kind of my rant so far. That's sort of it. So what what do we do? What do we do? That room is... I don't know how many people were there, 100 people. I don't know. I'm in. And that was the question. What do we do? And I said, well, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. We'd rather expose them. And I hate to tell you this, it might start in your church. In fact, it probably ought to start in your church. And if you're afraid to speak up to your pastor, you to get yourself a new pastor. I'm going to say that again. If you have a relationship with your pastor where he's king and you're serf, you better find a new church. And you better get your mind right, because I'm going to tell you stuff. The stuff that's coming upon the earth, first guys running in most of this situation are going to be the pastors. They're going to run and hide and cover their own. How do I know this? I know this, Dale Socia, because when I went to, my eyes were open when I went to Hurricane Katrina, the first time, however long ago that was, 15 years ago, quite a while ago, when I loaded up a bunch of people and we drove down to New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina hit, and we couldn't find any local pastors because they all had fled. They all ran to the high ground. Every one of them ran to the high ground. And you went around and you asked people uh, if they need help, and they all had the same answer. We're waiting on FEMA. FEMA will be here Monday. They had to turn to FEMA, the government, because the pastors tucked tail and ran. We're in a mess. We're in a mess, all right? We're in a mess. And at some point, we're going to have to do what whoever's, whoever's, it doesn't matter. My mind's roaring this morning. We're going to have to put some of those pastors in the pew. And some of the people in the pew are going to have to get up in the pulpit. That's the only, that's the only way this thing's going to work. We're playing such phony church. I was reading some stuff on the internet today. I, I cannot, I cannot believe that in this time of war, that Christianity is still so stinking passive. Yeah, I, I just I just can't believe it. 
I just can't believe it. I asked the people last night, how many of you ever stand up in the middle of a sermon and questioned your pastor on something he just said? Well, they're not going to do that because they'll get thrown out of the damn church. Well, you ought to leave then. You ought to leave if you don't have a right to stand up and interrupt some pastor giving some three points in a poem. But that's what, that's what, I'm not mad at you guys. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm frustrated. Because we're sitting around, we think the Calvary's coming. We think we're going to be rescued by somebody else. We think we're going to get a new election and Donald Trump is going to come back. That's why we think, oh, we have the elections come up. It'll be okay. We'll get Joe Blystone in there, and then it'll be okay. We'll get Neil Peterson in there, and then it'll be okay. No, it won't be. It has nothing to do with Joe Blystone or Neil Peterson. It ain't, it ain't going to, folks, it ain't going to get any better. Why? Because all around us, we look, we have a form of godliness, and we deny the power thereof. And the Bible says, from such men turn away. And, and we, we keep falling right back into the same daggone trap. We fall right back into it. Playing church. Love you, brother. I'm praying for you, brother. You see kids getting, oh, uh, well, anyway. I'm feeling pretty good this morning. Just got in late. Excited about tonight. Let me get my glasses on here. Going to go down with the resistance chicks tonight. Well, that's good yesterday. Wasn't to get those girls in here. There weren't there more like that. Where are the, where are the resistance men? We, what, what, we're, I, we're here. We're, we're here. We're here. But see, we're afraid, right? We're afraid to lose what we have. And we don't realize we've already lost it. When you've lost a desire to fight for something, you've already lost it. It's just a matter of time. Okay, yeah. Let me stay with you. I know you want to pray, Myra. Stay with me here a second. I, I, I put this note in here. What are we going to do? What are we, folks? What are we going to do about what are we going to do about government tyranny? What are we going to do about it? It's everywhere we look, and we keep waiting on some other government entity to overthrow the ruling of the previous government entity. There's no righteousness in the land. There's no, no demand of the people for righteousness. There's no dem- People don't get mad when, when our government officials lie to us. People don't get mad when they print money and they hand it out to illegal immigrants. We don't get mad. We continue to go to work, work hard, pay our taxes for fear that they're going to come knock on our door. Uh, we, we see them print money and they give money to uh, foreign countries and then they give it back to the, the elected officials in some form of graft. Uh, we get mad at George Soros because he's funding the left when George Soros isn't funding the left. It's our government that's funding the left. It's our tax dollars that are undermining everything we believe. Folks, do, do, do you realize the dire condition that we're in? Do you really understand where we are? And I get up every day, every day. And I, I, I say, Lord, Lord, help me here. How can I continue to fund this, this government? How can I do this, Lord? Show me, show me, Lord. How do I do it? So if you don't, you're going to go to jail, coach. If you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go to jail. Well, that's robbery, isn't it? That, that's, that's a holdup. They make me put my hands in the air, make me empty my pockets, and then they go do whatever the hell they want to do with it. Evil. They don't do good with it, folks. If, if you think government's doing good with the money, you're crazy. They're not doing good. Everything they're doing, they're not doing good. And we continue Amen. to be held hostage. And it's tough because we don't want to talk about this, do we? We don't want to talk about it. And we don't want to talk about it because for some reason it sounds almost un-American to us. It sounds almost anti-government to us. I hate my government. Can I tell you the truth? I love my country. I hate the government. I hate the government. The government is a beast. And everybody, everybody is a prisoner to it. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit it. So tonight we're going to go down and uh, with the resistance chicks. God bless the resistance chicks. And with their event down there in, in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and try to... Folks, is there something wrong when the, when the pew is trying to awaken the pulpit? Isn't that backwards? That shows you where we are. It shows you the spiritual condition of our nation. But I am convinced we're about to flip the table. I'm convinced we are. I'm convinced that the Lord is just standing there wherever he is, just saying, dudes, go, go, go flip those tables. Go do it. Go do it. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, I'm a trip, aren't I? Aren't I a trip? I believe it, though. I got some stuff I got to show. I just got to show you today. Uh, let me get Myra in here to pray, and then Debbie, then I'll turn you to come, come on in, Myra. <clears throat> yes, I will do that, Coach. Good morning, Harold. Good morning, Saints. Uh, Matthew 7 18, King James Bible. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Republicans? Holy, <clears throat> oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome to coach Dave Haddle and lead unto all truth. 1 Samuel 15 23, King James Version. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. <laughs> it sure is. And stubbornness is as iniquity <clears throat> and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from thee yep. and king. Yep, that's right. Romans one sixteen, King James Version, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jews. So the gospel, first. the gospel is powerless if you're ashamed of it. Go say that again. The gospel is powerless. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for not being ashamed of the gospel is the power of God. But if you are ashamed of the gospel, it's powerless. Go ahead. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Joshua. One nine King James Version have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithsoever thou goest. Say Amen. Thou. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, if I go sit in my prayer closet, he's there. I guess he's not with me if I go to an abortion clinic. I guess he didn't go there, huh? Yes, you didn't go there. Uh, come on in, Debbie. Uh, I continue. Or... I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no, no. Second Corinthians ten four five King James Version. For the weapons of our world warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every, and every high, thing, high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God. So if you don't have knowledge of God, if you don't have the knowledge of God, you are defenseless. If you don't understand the power of God and the way God operates, you are defenseless. That's what that scripture just said, I think. Bring it into captivity, right? Yes, I'm bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring Proverbs it to the obedience of Christ, huh? 2918, yeah. Proverbs mm-hmm. 2918, where there is no vision, the people perish. For he that keepeth the law, happy is he. James 217, 218, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by works. I release the anointing that breaks the joke of sin unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Debbie, come on in. Amen. Well, there's a couple of things, Coach, I think that you've hit on this morning. One is that there's no younger people in this. You and None. I are looking at this world at a different from a different way. We know what it's like to live in freedom. We know what it's like to have dinner with our family every night. We know what it's like to ride our bicycles and run through yards and play and be free. They have no idea. They've been boiled like the frog. So they right. don't know what they're missing if, to start with. <laughs> and, then, you know, it's like, and, and then on the pastors, you know, when I was working in the hospital during uh, COVID, our pastors, you know, I worked in the department with uh there were four staff pastors and eight students. They ran like they were bit, you know, instead of standing firm, visiting these COVID patients, praying for them, yeah. they masked up and told to do what they were told to do. And they did, you know, I mean, instead of facing COVID and praying for the people and walking in the face of COVID, they all hunkered down in the corners and waiting for instruction. It was the hardest thing for me to watch. And, you know, I think they're so, pastors are so gullible. You know, it's the easy way out. 
They don't have to stand. They don't have to fight. They don't have to put on the whole armor of God. They don't have to do anything. They just do what they're told and they keep their jobs. And I went into our students one day and I said, is this a vocation or are you called to what you're learning to do? And, you know, if, if you're called, then why aren't you out there acting upon it? Why are you mm-hmm. sitting here looking at your computers when people, even families, go visit the family that's sitting in the lobby that can't go mm-hmm. in to see their, their um, loved ones, you know? And I think it's exactly what the uh, resistance chicks said yesterday. I wrote it down. It said, where there is no vi- vision, people perish. That, I wrote that down. You know, these young people, they don't have a vision. They don't know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. They've had we their yep. devices their whole life. And I'm talking about our ge- the, the generation right after us. I mean, it started then. So, you know, you don't know what to do if you don't know what you're trying to do it for. Amen. Yeah, amen. amen. So why weren't, there, uh, why weren't there a thousand pastors arrested with Tony Spell? Why weren't there a thousand pastors arrested with uh, Pastor Arter Pulaski. Why? Why? What, what are these guys doing? What are these guys doing? Now, listen, because here's what it is. All of you want to call me right now and tell me how what a nice guy your pastor is. And he, he might be a nice guy. But I don't think this is a time for nice guys. It's, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Um, listen, I, I just keep digging a deeper hole. Come on in, Gary. Uh, yeah, I just want to say uh, uh, we were talking earlier about the, uh, you know, about we're looking for uh, people, uh, Donald Trump or some of these other to uh, come rescue us. Yeah. God is not going to bless us with leaders that will, I hate to use the term, rescue us, for lack of a better way of putting it, until we are doing what we're supposed to do. Well, Gary, here's what I said last night. Folks. If we do not make moral issues the center post of any election, we will not survive. We will not survive. If Christians don't rise up and demand strong, bold Christian men as their leaders, we will not survive. And right now, Christian men, (laughs) if you're a Christian man, you're a second-class citizen. This, folks, this has got to stop. The moral issues are the problems in America. It's the moral issues. It's none of these other things. All the other problems we have stem from our lack of morality in our nation. Now, whose fault is that? Um, is that the kindergarten teacher's fault? Or is that the pastor's fault? Is that the, I say that's the Southern Baptist Convention's fault. Where are they? Where are they? That's, a, that's our problem. That's our problem. Call in, Naomi. Tell us a story, not your life story. Pastors don't know how to handle you if you question them. They, um, if you don't have the, the type A personality, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, yep. do what you say. They don't know how so to how long, So, Naomi, how long are we going to put up with it? How long are we going to? We need... We need and tables flipped in our in our churches. We need tables flipped over in our churches. How long are we going to sit there passively and let these six foot icicles do what they're doing to us? How long? Amen. And that's long, what I was doing. I was turning tables, and I got kicked out. And then I was the topic of sermons for the next month, couple months. Well, so so good. Go to the next one and flip over some tables there too. It isn't a popularity contest. Blessed are you, and men shall revile you, and persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. For so persecuted the prophets which are before you. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. Let's quit sucking our thumb that that they're being mean to us. They're being mean to me. Oh, huh? No. Flip over some tables. Um, I was happy that it happened, and yeah, I stood up to them, and I'm standing up to others as well. Reggie, come on in. Come on in. Behave, Behave yourself. 
So the question is, why did God allow the Babylonians to take all of his children into exile? Lamentation tells us it happened because of the sins of the prophets, the priests. He set up a holy, ironic and Levite priesthood to serve the people, and they didn't. They they mm-hmm. led people into uh, allowing idol worship. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, what happened? They were permitted to fall into the hands of the Babylonians, the Luciferians, the ones we're fighting now. I've turned over many tables, and, and you know, Coach, this uh, with the bishops. When you meet them, you're supposed to kiss their ring and kneel. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I walked up and they thought I was, they were preparing for that haughtiness to sit there and be worshiped. Mm. And I shook their hand and was like, nice to meet you, sir. And they were mm. pissed. Yeah. yeah. Well, my pastors prophesy lies and the people love it that way. It's our fault. It's not their fault. They're just serving up the spaghetti we want to taste. That's all they want. Mm. That's all they want. Keep that salt off of there. Don't put any salt on my spaghetti. Oh, no. Put some sugar on there. Hey, hey, Michelle, don't you make spaghetti sauce with sugar? I think she does. I think she mixes spaghetti sauce. Sugar in the spaghetti sauce makes it taste sweet. Pretty sure. Betty, what do you think? (laughs) I agree. You know, my pastor is nice, and we've gotten into a little couple of arguments. nice. But uh, he needs a slap in the face like most of these pastors do to wake them up. Yeah, and maybe they need this. Maybe they need the scales to fall off their eyes. Oh yeah. Well, we need to flip over the. Yes. They need. Oh, hey, I've been. Somebody needs to walk up to the pastor and say, "Pardon me a second. You sit down. Let me show you how this is done. You sit down. Uh, and here's what I'm going to do, Pastor. First of all, I'm going to clear this place. I'm going to get rid of the false Christians in here. First thing we're going to do, and then we'll open the. Then we'll open the gate back up, and we're going to begin to rebuild brick by brick by brick. But they say, well, see, we can't do that, Coach, because we have a $450,000 building project that we just entered into. And because we've entered into it, we have to have more people come in. So, Coach, we can't tell them the truth. But we have prayer, we have prayer meetings on Sunday nights, and we have prayer meetings on Wednesday night, and we have a women's group, and we have a youth group. We have all these wonderful programs and having no impact at all in the community. Now, we're having an impact in our church, at least we think we are, because the donations are up. But uh, we look around, the schools are under the control of the devil, the government's under the control of the devil, and as long as we stay real quiet here in our church, they will leave us alone, and we'll just continue to thrive here with Jesus smiling upon us. Come on in, Jeff. Amen, Coach. (laughs) Wow, what is a profit of man to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul? Yeah, they don't think they've lost their souls. Yeah, I had a conversation with a man named Gerald, and he's a fire chief for the volunteer fire department. And he asked me this question, what is your campaign slogan? And I said, morals. That's it. Yeah. And then he told me he was the brother of the lesbian on the school board. There you go. Wow. What? Well, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We can't get any, we can't get any Christians around. Go ahead, Mel. And Dale. Yeah, um, I'm going to push back a little bit and kind of try, try to tie a couple of things together. So um, I think that people are afraid to be smeared. And you asked why men aren't standing up. I mean, and at the beginning of the show, you said, oh, I don't want to use the word patriot anymore. Oh, I don't want to use. I, I just think that it, you, you can't keep changing your name just be, <clears throat> because that's their art. That's their game. They they smear something. As soon as something's effective, they smear it. I remember back in the Tea Party days that all of a sudden Tea Party became a bad word. And I'm like, so people started calling themselves something else. And I'm like, I don't think we can keep changing our name. I think we have to put our flag. We just have to call ourselves something because if you're afraid to be smeared, then that you're playing right into the hand of the enemy. Amen. I'm I'm not afraid to be smeared. I've lived my whole life being smeared. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of being smeared. I'm saying that by, by the smearing, they are, uh, they put up a roadblock against us. That's, that's all I'm saying. Listen, are you ready for this? How can you be an American and not be a patriot? How, how, do, you, how do we separate patriots from other Americans? How does that work? I shouldn't even have to say I'm a patriot. If I'm not a patriot, I'm not an American. Shouldn't even have to say it. Dale, come on in. Brother, I'm having a Martin Luther King moment. I have a dream, brother. Could you imagine if all across this country, not only in the political, but in the church realm, where without the cussing and the foul mouth, we have a Will Smith 
Chris Rock moment where the yes. lady walks up and smacks the pastor right in the face. <laughs> Come on, brother. I knew that would make you happy. Amen. Hey, Dale, let's be honest. You could, you could use a thousand different techniques to build your church. You could do that. You could have puffed up a, 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 a jump. What do they call those? Jump tan- chin. Yeah, bouncy houses. You could do that and draw. You could do that. You could build a church. Who the hell wants to run a church like that? Who wa- who wants to build a church based on false premises? Who wants to do that? Who wants to invite people in to a battle station thinking it's going to be fun? That it's going to be jumping on a trampoline and bounce houses and loving everybody. And we're trying to enlist people in a war, in an army, in a battle for the entire universe. It's false marketing. Absolutely. False marketing. Listen, man, it- if we're going to populate heaven, it's only by plundering hell, and that is tearing down, ripping up, and destroying. And, and brother, I, I try to get arrested. I never close the church service, but I guess because I'm a small church, yep, yep. They, they don't look at me that way. But, brother, I love you. I appreciate you. All I know is I had a dream. I want to see that. I want to see that Will Smith, Chris Rock moment in the churches. Amen. Dale, you know I love pastors. You know I do. Brother, listen, man, I'm never, I'm never, listen, if I feel convicted when you say stuff like that, then I need to check my sermons. That's all That's I right. can say. That's I'm right. not convicted. We got to be careful. That's right. We got to be careful painting with a broad. You better sit down. I got something to show you here in a minute. Okay. You better sit down. Come on in, Ray. Yeah. Uh, I went to a church Bible study last Saturday. It's just a multi-million dollar building. Uh, conference rooms, bubblegum machines, uh, a playroom for the kiddies, the whole nine yards, okay? And this right. is one of the churches that uh, took money uh, when the mask issue started, uh, PPP money. We yeah. have them all around us. And I, what I want to say is the people that are in this pew, if you don't have a Dale Social for a pastor or a, or a uh, Matt start your own church. That's what they start did. Start under, we need to go underground anyways, real soon. We do. We do. House to house. I'm with you, Ray. Five or six people. That's all you need. Three or four people. Look at when you first started. You went down to Chad's. Chad shows up. You're there. And Glenn, Glenn and Karina come a little bit later. All right. That's all you need. All right. And let the Lord grow it from there. We, we have a dedicated group, 12 of us, every Sunday. And we're there for hours because of the fellowship and the communication where we can talk. We can stop Pastor Matt. We listen to him on the, on the TV. And I'll put him on pause because, hey, I have a question about what he just said. Yes. We'll talk for half an hour. That's church to me. Amen. Fellowship. That's it, Ray. That's it. Bless you, man. Sweet land of liberty. And then Keith. And then I'm going to show you something. Good morning. Morning. Um, I guess I have a couple things to, to put in, which would be, um, if anybody's in a church, this is what I would do. If you were in a church and you had a pastor who um, goes along to get along and says, yeah, you got to wear a mask, you've got to take the jab, and no, we're not going to talk about January 6th, et cetera, and not show people how all that's going on in the world relates to scripture, uh, I would be out of that church immediately. Yeah. And, um, and I would let them know why. And then the second thing is um this brings up this whole subject brings up um the question which you know probably has a lot of different answers after you pray about it is if if i were for instance today to go see the the uh maybe 10 churches in the area around me and try to talk to the pastors or or maybe even (laughs) attend a service and stand up in the middle of it and say this is a why which i have to do um, uh what would you say to these pastors? I mean, um, and, and it's a big question because you'd have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. But that's um, I'm going to be thinking and praying about that because I'm trying to every day be guided as to, well, how do I go out and witness? And waking up the pastors is a great <clears throat> idea. So I'm rambling a bit, but I hope I get to no, see. No, what I hear you. You're rambling because you have, the same, you have the same conf- uh, conflictions inside you that all of us have, right? All of us do. Yeah. 
but, and so uh, I think, you know, praying about it and then putting feet to your prayers is, is the answer. But I want to hear what the resistance chicks do. And is that going to be live streamed? It is going to be live streamed. And that you can go to their, their website. It'll be live streamed on there yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank All you. right. So, so, folks, it's like this. Uh, do I need to pray? Do I really need to pray about what I should do if they're teaching our children transgenderism? Do I have to pray? Lord, would you like me to do something about that, Lord? Lord, Lord, is there anything that you would like me to do about that? I got to pray about that? If somebody wrecks a car out in front of my house, do I have to pray? Lord, should I go out and help them? I I have to pray to do that? Doesn't something just rise up inside of us and say, I got to go do something about that? See, people saying I have to pray about it, it's just a way to hide. It's just a way to hide. I got to pray about it. You got to pray about doing something right? Got to pray about it? No, it's an excuse not to do anything. It's an excuse to maybe somebody else will get it. Go ahead, Keith. Yes, sir. Uh, they got uh, military going into our national parks. There's something about entities. Uh, yes, sir. I saw that. Yes, sir. I wasn't going to bring that one up, but yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, when when it come come out, do you suppose the pastors might wake up? Uh, no, 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 no. Because le- listen, I don't want I don't want a broad brush. Okay. We talk about the black robe regiment. Somebody used that term, patriot pastors. Here's the truth. Some men, I want to say this in the right way. Um, a lot of men go into the, the ministry because they like to help people. That's that They feel that's their call. And they think, I'm going to go be a pastor because I can help people. I can pray for people and uh, I can take care, you know, feed the I, mercy men. Folks, we're not, in, we're not in mercy ministry time in America. And that's why the Black Robe Regiment, or somebody said Patriot Pastors, See, the guys in the pulpits aren't trained to be patriot pastors. That's not why they went into the ministry. They went into the, in, in the middle of the Rick Warren love fest gospel, your best life now, and they were all trained up in, in that. And now all of a sudden, they're standing on the verge of Omaha Beach, and they don't have any idea what they're supposed to do. They, that's not why they became pastors. They became pastors so you could have your best life now, and they could tell you nice sermons and make you feel good, and you would come back, and they would tell you that your family's doing a good thing, and they'd give you all these feel-good messages. They were not Guys trained to go storm the beaches of Omaha. That's not who they are. And America's filled with them. Boom. Boom. Come on, Dale and Debbie. No more. No no more after those two. I'm going to show you something. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah, amen, Coach. You know, when I, I remember back in Katrina, I remember talking to a pastor, that very thing, and he said that. He said, my church is destroyed. I don't have a job. And I simply said, I said, I thought God called you to a calling, not to a job. Brother, that guy never called me back because of the conviction. And you know what's yeah. amazing is that in the church, we, like you said, everything is done within the four walls. We want to pray about whether we're going to enter in any exterior ministry but there's no prayer about whether they want to send their children into these public schools. They have no problem with unleashing their children and feeding them right into Moalek. They have no problem with that, but they want to pray about everything else. Amen, Dale. That's just, (laughs) I pray as I go. I pray as I go. Debbie, then Myra, then no more calls. I got to show, I got some stuff I got to show you. Go ahead, Debbie. This is just real quick. I've I've been looking for a new church home here since I relocated tonight. And I thought this morning, I thought, you know, you don't need to go in and talk to the pastor. You don't need to do all that. You need to walk into the receptionist and say, did you guys close during COVID? <laughs> There's and a good start. <laughs> Boom. Say, Thank you. And I'm on to the next. There you go. That's a good place to start, Debbie, for sure. Myra. Yes, coach. Like um, Dr. Diamond Bull said, uh, we need to lift up the people that can run for praises, uh, of authority. And also like uh, Ben says, boom, 
to this show because we are doing great. And I'm going to see, I'm going to read Psalm 58.6. Break their teeth, for God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O oh Lord. Amen. Amen. They are young lions. Okay, sit down. I got to sh- I got to show you two things. I got to show you three things, okay? I'm, Lord, let me get these in the proper order. Please let, help me put this together. Uh, pull up. It's, it says number two. Pull up number two. This is um, Mark Robinson, Lieutenant Governor of, of uh, Georgia. No, no, North Carolina. In the pulpit. This guy is the elected the elected lieutenant governor of North Carolina in a church. Now, I want, I want, this is about two minutes. And I want you to listen to a godly elected official speak. And then, as he does it, I want you to watch the pussycat pastors behind him and how nervous they are as he does what they should be doing. Go ahead and play it. No kid. No sound. Hey, you're muted. That's not all. supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. <laughs> two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got they licking their pencils right now, trying to write fierce as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up. Dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. Folks, this guy's not a pastor. This guy is the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Doing what those guys behind him ought to be doing. And I wonder how many of those guys behind him voted for Joe Biden. Go ahead. Can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic and that is full of the spirit of Antichrist, it is the transgender movement. It's time for grown-ups and time for Christians to start standing up and being unafraid to tell the truth. Come after me if you want to. I don't care. You want my head? Here it is right here. Come on, come get it. I don't care because it's time for us to stand up. Now, I'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue. They're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell, trying to teach them that mess in our schools. Tell you like this, that ain't got no place at no school. Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. Huh? Boom. Those pastors, they never heard anything like that. Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Go to number four. Pull up number four for me, uh, Jonathan. I came across this yesterday. This blew me away. This is Romans 1, verse 24 and 25 in the Message Bible. In the Message Bible. Now, we know that the Message Bible isn't uh, the inspired word of God, all right? This is an interpretation of what Romans 1 in the King James Bible actually says. But I want you to listen to this. So God said, in effect, if that's what you want, well, that's what you got, get. Amen. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, Filthy inside and out. And all this because they traded the true God for a fake God. And worshipped the God they made instead of the God who made them. The God we bless, the God who blesses us. Oh, yeah. Worse yet, worse followed. 
Refusing to know God, they soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. Men didn't know how to be men. Sexually confused. They abused and defiled one another. Women with women. Men with men. All lust. No love. And then they paid for it. Oh, how they paid for it. Emptied of God and of love. Godless and loveless wretches. And since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them. Let them run loose. And then all hell broke loose. Rampant evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious backstabbing. They made life hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing, bickering and cheating. Look at them. Mean-spirited, venomous, fork-tongued God-bashers, bullies, swaggers, insufferable windbags. They kept inventing new ways of wrecking lives. They ditched their parents when they got in the way. Stupid, slimy, cruel, cold-blooded. And it's not as if they didn't know better. They knew perfectly well they're spitting in God's face. But they didn't care. Worse, they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things best. Amen. Wow. That's it, isn't it? Boom. That's it. Boom. Boom. I'm going to let Angie in here, and then I'm going to uh, – I got something else I got to do. Go, go ahead, Angie. Good hey, morning. Angie, Angie yeah. I want you – I appreciate you. I appreciate all you do, sweetheart. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I just want to point out that Mark Robinson was first given notoriety back in the Obama era – during a city council meeting where he went and he told them to hell with you. You're not taking my guns. That's right. He was just a guy, right? He was just a guy. Yes. He was an ordinary man who went to his local government meeting and stood up. And that is when he started to develop his platform. That's when he began to get himself out there in front of people. You have to go. Now look at where he's at and the position he is in because he chose to get out of his house and go. Christians cannot sit at home thinking about and praying about the problem. You have to go. And that's what Mark Robinson did. And that's why he's lieutenant governor now of North Carolina. And has the position and the power and the influence that he does to call out the principalities of the evil one in high places. Mm, that amen. He came out of his house, he went and he, he stood up, and now he's in a position of authority to speak over the situation at the highest level of North Carolina. Bold, boldly, unashamedly Christian, calling yeah. right, right, and wrong, wrong. Now, I don't want to get into politics. So I, don't, I, I don't care if I do. That's not the whole point. Would you look at the people, for the most part, who we're trying to elect to office Huh? Josh Mandel. Huh? What? The guys running for, what? Those guys running for Senate? Are they righteous men? We're going to put unrighteous men in office and expect them to do righteous things? Mike DeWine? What? I hate to say it. It hurt somebody's feelings. Jim Renacy? What? What? Amen. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? We got Ron Hood and and uh, uh, um, my brain went dead. Neil Peterson, Candace Keller, Candace Keller running on a bold. Maybe needs to be more bold, Candace, on a boldly Christian uh, uh, platform. We have Neil Peterson, a pastor, running as an independent. Can they get any traction? Hell no, because we got to vote for Renacy or Dewine. Or Blystone. Is Joe Blystone? I like Joe Blystone. Is he a bold Christian man? No! What are we going to get when we put people in office who are not sold out to Christ? What are we going to get? So it brings me to this. I'm going to warn some of you. You may, you may not want to watch this. There was, a, there was an arrest made in Washington, D.C. last week. They had a, uh, a group of people were arrested for a face violation, a local uh, uh, abortion clinic, 
face violation, federal access, access to clinic entrances. And one of the girls who's a sold out pro-life or whatever the hell that means, uh, they came and they raided her house. And when they raided her house, they found inside of her house a bunch of aborted babies. When I first heard the news, I thought, "That are you kidding me? That is so wicked. And then I talked to my buddy at Mark Harrington and found out that she had her, in her house was a bunch of aborted fetuses because she'd been at the abortion clinic the week before, a couple of weeks before, I don't know when it was. And the medical waste company that came to pick up the dead babies in the, in the tubs, she witnessed to him and raised hell with him about what he was doing, and he walked off the job. He did not get back in his truck. He left the truck there. And she somehow got all of those aborted babies and took them home to give them a proper burial. And they raided her home. Wow. And she's on, she is facing 30 years in jail. <clears throat> but here's what she did. This is why you may not want to watch this. She took videos of the babies. She took videos of the babies to show you what abortion looks like. You know that abortion that, uh, that your pastor won't talk about, you know? And by the way, they now know that some of these babies, like the ones she's holding on the screen right now, are past the legal age where abortion is legal. This is murder, folks. Now, are they investigating the doctor who killed these babies or the woman who exposed it? This is three minutes. You probably won't even be able to watch it. Go ahead. Good afternoon, March 25th. Devastating material from the abortion facility in D.C. was discovered by pro-life activists. Hanging from inside the facility, holding the remains of the children killed by abortion. Some are almost completely intact. According to medical experts, they appear to be between 20 and 40 weeks. Some of them old enough to survive outside the room. These children show the absolute tragedy and horror of abortion. Each one of them was murdered. 2,300 children are killed every day in America through abortion. Additionally, the bodies of these children must be examined to determine if they were killed through illegal means. Some of them display injuries consistent with the illegal partial. So this is a baby girl. She has several um, lacerations on the back of the skull. One is in the occipital region back here. As you can see, the skull is totally broken. Must be investigated some were born alive before dying. One of them was born in power, meaning he or she was still in the amniotic sac. Must be investigated how this child could have been aborted this way without the law being broken. Live action was previously investigated the abortion clinic. Here's the guy who quoted this guy talking about how what he does. Does it ever like move or anything when it comes out or that's why I try and, and uh, sever the umbilical cord first and we okay. wait for that to, to stop pulsing and that's why the, the uh, fetus is expired first so it doesn't usually at this point and your what do you do? Is, is too early to survive usually okay it will expire shortly after birth you know technically you know legally we would be uh, obligated to help it you know to survive but you know it, it probably wouldn't it's all in, in how vigorously you do things to help a, a fetus survive at this point. You know, there's survive. things you do. Obviously, you're here for a certain procedure, and if, if your, your pregnancy were, let's say you went into labor, the membranes ruptured, and you delivered before we got to the termination part of the procedure here, you know, then we would do things we, we, would, we would not help it. Demand justice for these children. 
and injustice for all children. Make abortion illegal and unthinkable. Folks, share this video. Listen to me. Share this video. They're going to pull this down for sure. You have got to share. Put it in the chat, John. Uh, uh, Jonathan. Put it in the chat. Share this. Post it on Facebook. The real face of abortion. Now, look, some of your friends are going to get pissed off at you. Doesn't matter. Have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Send it to your pastor, who won't even talk about abortion from the pulpit, who won't even say anything on Pro-Life Sunday, who criticizes those who go out and stand out in front of the abortion clinics trying to stop this horrendous thing. Share it. Share it. Share it. Dr. Paul, come on in. Yeah, Coach, I... uh... Yeah, that's inspiring, actually. I, I, I can't imagine that uh, there's anybody bolder than you. <laughs> and I uh, bless you for that. It's going on a video I'm going to make today because I want the people to remind you who the who's doing this. These are the physicians. These are doctors. These are the same right. that It's not a leap of faith to go from that to killing you. And that's what's that's, going on right now. I'm doing, yeah, Paul. I'm doing mm. this as part of my video today. I'm going to get that sucker done. It's going to be on Facebook. I'm going to I'm going to put it everywhere I can. I want you guys to take that video that me and Mike make and spread it out. It's going to have some crap about my bullshit hearing, but this I'm going to make that the key. This is what it's all about, folks. Coach, I love you, man. That's Amen. It's hard to watch, coach. It is hard to watch. God help us, huh? Silver. Coach, you know, sending a link to the pastor, send it to the entire staff. Yes, yes. Wake them up. That's right. Wake them up. Okay? I mean, Uh, your pastor. Joe, as they sit in their churches and pray for God to bless America, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Been there, done that. Rude awakening time. Yep. Reggie, come on in. By the way, Tracy says Joe Joe Blystone is a bold Christian. Praise the Lord, Tracy. He needs to be bolder. Hey, folks, listen. Hang on. I'll get you in there, Reggie. Some of you guys running for office, if you don't run on a bold Christian agenda, you deserve to lose. If you're just going to run as Mr. Conservative, you deserve to lose. If we don't make morality the key issue in this next election, we are doomed. Come on in, Reggie. That doctor in there, he's a high priest. Um, All of your doctors, every single one of them. I want to hear, no, not all of them. Every single one that does these in these so-called the Moloch, you know, clinics. Um, now, Reggie, not every, not every single one of them are, Reggie, not every single one of them are. Let's say a lot of them are, okay? Not every single one of them. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I disagree, but okay. So, Reggie, 100%, everyone that does abortions, everyone that does abortions. Yes, they can't huh? work in the clinics unless they are the high priests. Yes, that's what I'm trying to explain to people. This is what's so hard for everybody to wrap their head around. This is why I say don't stand out there and hold up your signs. You have to expose this. I can't get anybody to believe it. That's why you guys continue to hold up signs and pray. Every single one of them. They are not permitted to work in those clinics unless they are a high priest. Then make a video exposing it. Myra, come on in. Yes, coach. The same thing goes for uh, therapists that participate in signing letters to change the sex from a male to female in order to keep a job. Shame Mm -hmm. on them. Well, shame on us. Shame on us, right? There's a rude awakening and then a great awakening. We are in the midst of the rude awakening. We have to be the one ringing the bell. Ding, 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 We have to wake people up. We have to wake people up. And it's going to cost you friends. 
It's going to get you thrown out of churches. But if we do not awaken our team to the atrocity being played out, number one, with our tax dollars, we're paying what you just watched. We're paying for it. Amen. I know, amen. Come on in, Revelation 2015. Hurry up. All I can say is, God, have mercy on my soul for not caring enough about these aborted children. Amen. 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 God cares about them. God cares about them. Hey, this is war. Love you all. See you tomorrow.